This is Mixtress Ray, and you're listening to What's This Bitch Talking About? To which the answer to that question is, every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer exactly 20 years after its original air date. Or 20 years and one week after its original air date. So I'm a week late with the episode today. Um, I should be talking about Storyteller tonight, but um, I just scheduling shit just didn't work out last week. So here we are. So we're talking about get it done, which originally aired February 18th, 2003. The summary, according to Nikki Stafford's episode guide, bite me is Buffy recedes Nikki Wood's Slayer bag. And within it finds the answer to a question she's been asking for years. So I want to read one part um, that I will talk about whenever I get to this point, whenever I'm discussing the episode, but one of the, in the nitpick section of the episode guide, um, Nikki Stafford says this, Wood hands Buffy the Slayer emergency kit and says that by right it's hers and was supposed to have been passed down to the next Slayer, but he kept it for sentimental reasons. It's understandable that he did so as a child who didn't know any better, but why didn't his mother's watcher, who raised Robin, find the bag and hand it off to the next Slayer? My question also was, why didn't Giles know about this fucking Slayer bag? This seems like it's explaining the origin of the Slayers, so why wouldn't it and it's supposed to go to each Slayer? This would be something that every watcher would know about, yes? It's just ridiculous. This bag that he kept for sentimental reasons didn't have a bunch of photos and trinkets that belonged to his mother. It contained vital information that the next Slayer badly needs. True. Very true. <laughs> okay. Set that aside. And are we good to go? Yes. Okay. Episode starts with... Buffy walking around the house um, and there's potential slayers everywhere, sleeping in every corner of the house, just taking up every little bit of floor space, which is hilarious because later in the episode, they are all just taken upstairs and Spike gets thrown through the ceiling and none of them come down and are like, what the fuck is happening? Uh, and they never have to repair the floor anywhere. Where did he get thrown through the ceiling in the second floor? <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, so Buffy's walking around the house. We find out it's a dream. She sees Chloe crying in the corner. And tries to, like, ask her what's wrong or something. But anyway. And then the first Slayer attacks Buffy in the dream and tells her it's not enough. So that's kind of the premise of the episode is that Buffy thinks she needs to push everyone harder and she does and it pays off. Okay. 
we're done. <laughs> That's pretty much the episode. So, um, next we have Anya and Spike walking together in an alley, talking. They're, they're going out. They're getting out of the house for a little while because, you know, Slayer's everywhere. Or, you know, not Slayer's, but the potential's everywhere. And, um, the, they're going to a bar to get drunk, I guess. And Anya starts talking about, like, I guess she wants, she assumes that, like, they're going to have some meaningless sex or something. <laughs> and she's talking about it, and, um, Spike's like, just let it go. You're like a dog with a bone. And she says something like, I don't know what she says, but then he responds, it's my bone, drop it. <laughs> so he's not having it, which is interesting because Spike normally would have been totally fine with meaningless sex with Anya, you know, but I guess he doesn't want to hurt Buffy. I don't know. Whatever. I don't know why this conversation even needed to be there, except to show that Anya is um, feeling horny, I guess. Um, and she's also talking about how she hates being human. Why did she made the, make the choice to be human again? Blah, blah, blah. And then one of DeHoffren's like lackeys or something comes out. I guess DeHoffren now wants her dead, even though he originally didn't. Um, but I don't think we see this come up again. Like, Spike fights off whoever's there to kill her, but doesn't kill the demon. And that's one of the sticking points that Buffy points out later whenever she's doing her Everyone Sucks But Me speech. Um, is that he's, you know, not a hundred percent these days and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, whatever. We don't see much of that fight or maybe we do, but I just black out during fights. So I didn't notice, but, um, yes. Um, then we get a scene at the school between a conversation between Robin and Buffy and, um, he's, you know, saying things are just crazy lately. Like there's lots of fights breaking out and blah, blah, blah. Like it feels like things are starting early. And Buffy says, yeah. Um, she says the Hellmouth has started its semi-annual percolation. Usually it blows around May, which is hilarious because the seasons usually end in May. <laughs> so that's kind of funny. Um, then he presents, Robin presents her the Slayer tool bag and he says in exchange for the Slayer tool bag, which I don't think he needs payment for that because he should have, she should have had it. It should have been passed down to her from the, whoever the Slayer was before Buffy, but whatever. I don't think we ever, we don't ever find that out. Whoever, that would have been an interesting story to tell at some point during the run of Buffy, but it never happens. But like we know that Nikki Wood was in the seventies and then Buffy was called in 97, 96, probably 96. Cause we meet Buffy in the show in 97, but I think she was called like a full year before that. So she would have been called in 96. So who was between Nikki Wood and Buffy? How many Slayers were in between? That would just be interesting to know. 
I don't know if we ever find out in any kind of canon fiction. I don't know. Um, okay, just side note. Side note. Okay, guys, I know I have not been keeping up with Angel. I haven't even mentioned Angel in several episodes, but I just wanted to let you know that I have started watching season three, which is probably the worst season of Angel ever. <laughs> I've started watching it. I'm not taking notes. Um, I'm just watching it at night. Like it's my before bedtime show. So I don't watch it every night, but, um, you know, the nights that I want to sit in my recliner and watch something before bed. Um, so I will eventually get caught up. And at that point I will update you on what's going on, I guess. Um, even though I'm not taking notes or anything. So, but I do have my angel episode guide. So maybe what I'll do is just whenever I get caught up, um, and ready to talk to you guys about it, maybe I'll just do an episode where I catch you guys up on all of season three of angel and I can like, I can read the episode guide to refresh myself on the episodes because by the time I've watched the whole season of angel, you know, it'll be a, it'll be a, at least a couple months from now. Cause even if I, I probably watch an episode a night, like four or five nights a week. Um, so four, eight, 12, 16, 20, it'll probably take me about six to eight weeks to finish it. <laughs> anyway, not that you guys really care about Angel, but as soon as I do get caught up, I will do an episode talking about the episode, the Angel season three. It's much more tolerable when it's just like at the end of the night, I'm just relaxing in my recliner with a kitten on my lap and watching it. But it's, it's so bad, you guys. Oh my God. Anyway. Okay. So angel interlude over. Okay. So he wants to see where she works. Robin wants to see where Buffy works, which means he wants to see her operation at home. So she shows him, she gives him a full tour and she tells him way too much fucking information. In my opinion, like I know, like actually Robin Wood is not bad. Like it's totally fine that he know all of this shit, but I don't like it. I just, I just don't like it. Like that. She's just showing him around, telling him everything, including like personal details. Like she tells him at some, at some point, I don't think we, I don't know if we saw when she told him this or not, but at some point she tells him that Spike has a soul that, um, that Willow is the Wicca who won't, uh, like she's basically like saying the weaknesses of each of her friends. Like what the fuck Buffy? Like why is Buffy's, it seems like Buffy's loyalty is more to random men in her life than to people she's known all her life. You know, I mean, I'm not saying Spike is random, but like she opens up to him more than she does her friends she's opening up to Robin. I don't know at this point, at this point, I feel like they're almost still wanting us to think that maybe they could possibly be an item. I'm so glad they didn't go there, but it's like they're dangling it in front of us right now as if he's a threat to her relationship with Spike, whatever. Um, 
Oh, we see, so Kennedy is training all the potentials in the backyard, and we see the sort of scope of, I didn't count how many of them there are, but it seems like about 20-ish potentials, and she's, so she's training them. I think I keep calling them slayers. Sorry I keep calling them slayers. I mean, we all know, this is not a spoiler-free podcast, that they will all be slayers, the ones that live. So, whatever. I'll try not to, but if I do, you know what I mean. Um, Kennedy calls Chloe a maggot in this moment, and you would think, okay, so Buffy is used to having prophetic dreams, right? She's, she should have caught on to the fact that she has this dream about Chloe crying in the corner, and then the first slayer attacks her and says it's not enough. So she remembers, like, she's taking that part of the dream to heart throughout the episode, but she doesn't take the fact that she sees Chloe specifically in the dream being very upset and she doesn't think to reach out to Chloe at all. Like, what the fuck, Buffy? And then she sees this happen. She sees Kennedy call her a maggot and not in the cute way. Like, my mom calls me a maggot sometimes. (laughs) But it really makes me laugh and she means it in an affectionate way. It's always when she's trying to get me to take something that she wants to give me. She always says, take it, you maggot. Um, so this isn't in the cute way, um, and Chloe's very hurt by it, and Buffy sees it happen, right there with Robin, and he's, like, critiquing her, her Slayer operation, like, why does he get to come in and critique this whole situation? Like, what? He's not an authority on anything just because he's the kid of the Slayer. I mean, yes, he was raised by a Watcher. Speaking of Watchers, where the fuck is Giles throughout this entire episode? Like, I get that Anthony Stewart Head is not, like, he's a special guest star at this point. He's not in all of the episodes. But, again, and I've said this so many times before, they could have just had some kind of throwaway line at some point during the episode of where Giles is right now. They could have had something, but they didn't. And it just bugs me when they don't, when they don't pay that much attention to detail. Like he's a main character. We need to know why he's not in an episode, I think at this point. Um, cause he's not, cause he is in town, but he's not even mentioned in this episode. Okay. Where are we? Um, then Robin says that he, he wants to see the vampire with a soul. So she takes him to the fucking basement to like talk to Spike. Like, wouldn't Buffy be suspicious of that? Like, there's no reason that she specifically needs to show him the basement where Spike is staying right now. I mean, it's not like, whatever. Anyway, (laughs) And why does Spike need so badly to get out of the house when he's staying in the basement? When he has, essentially, the most space to himself of anyone in that entire house. Because he has the entire basement to himself. Anyway. um, So then there's a whole Robin versus Spike moment. Because at this point, we know that Robin knows that Spike killed Nikki. But no one else has put it together yet. Even though they should. (laughs) I don't know, at least Giles should, but he's not even around, so whatever. Um, And at one point, in response to something that somebody was saying, Robin says to Spike, is that what you are? A good guy? 
and there's this whole moment where they're sort of like facing off and saying cryptic like passive aggressive bullshit to each other and then um uh buffy drags robin back up the stairs um we get a moment where dawn is updating buffy on she's been researching what's in the slayer toolkit and um because Dawn is baby Giles at this point, which I still think is just so freaking cute. I can't even stand it. I love it. I love Dawn right now. So Dawn's like updating Buffy on all that stuff. And she's talking about like, there's a big book in the bag. There's some unopenable box. There's some other weapons and things. And she's talking about how the book is written in ancient Sumerian. So Dawn's trying to figure out how to translate it. And it's just cute. I wrote in my notes, Dawn Research Mama. <laughs> um, but they're doing a walk and talk while Buffy's like setting up sleeping bags and shit. Like, why would Buffy be doing that? Like, the potential should be setting up their own sleeping bags. But I guess we're just not, you know, we're not here for having the extras in the background <laughs> in every single scene. Um, and so they walk into a room and they find Chloe dead. She had hanged herself. So that sucks. We find out like the first shows up as Chloe, like taunting them and all that bullshit. And basically the first talked her to death, like spent the whole night talking her into killing herself, which makes sense because that's how the first showed up on the show, trying to talk Angel into killing himself. So I mean, this is an understandable plot point, but Buffy doesn't even seem to feel bad. She has a dream about Chloe being sad and she does nothing. She sees her get called a maggot. She does nothing. And then Chloe dies and she has no remorse whatsoever. This is unlike Buffy. Buffy usually has more empathy than this. But I guess they don't have time for empathy for random characters that we don't really know that well. Um, then we get Buffy's everyone sucks, but me speech after she buries Chloe. And I mean, we're, I guess we're supposed to think that this is Buffy inspiring everyone to do better because that is the result of this speech. She's like saying, she's telling everyone else that they're not up to par. They're not using the power that they have. She is. She's saying, I'm the only one that's using the power that I have, essentially. She tells Spike that he's been holding back, that he's nothing like the the man who almost killed her when she met him, or the vampire that almost killed me when I met him, and all this shit, acting like she misses the old Spike. This, I mean, I get... Like I said, she's trying to get them all to, you know, step up their pussy, step their pussies up. I get that. But she, this whole thing with Spike kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Because the way that she's talking, it's like, I want the old abusive guy back. You know, I mean, I don't think we're supposed to take it that way. But she at one point says something about you know, I miss the old spike, blah, blah, blah. I'm nowhere near him. And I mean, I guess I just need to chalk this up to, she was saying this to get him 
to step his pussy up. That's what she was doing. I hear my mom reacting to the fact that I just said pussy four times. Um, it's a it's a drag queen phrase. You gotta step your pussy up, you know? <laughs> RuPaul says it. You love RuPaul, mom. <laughs> okay. Um, so she has this whole speech. She, you know, tells Willow she... She tells them all. They need to step their pussies up. <laughs> I said it again. And then she's like, Dawn, take all the potentials upstairs. And this is where the all the extras disappear for the rest of the episode. Just completely quiet, all upstairs, even though... Anyway, whatever. Even though they needed to take up every available piece of floor space. I guess that was Buffy's dream. Maybe there's not as many of them as are in her dream, but whatever. Anyway. So Dawn takes all the potentials upstairs and then they do, why wouldn't they do this ritual in front of all the potentials? Because they didn't want to have all the extras. I get it. But still, um, this scene should have been happening in front of the potentials too, I think. But Buffy sets up the whole, they finish opening up what's in the bag and open up the like, unopenable box which was some shadow casters and when you set them up and you use an incantation from the book that Dawn partially translates but then it starts magically translating for her halfway through um So it just, the shadow casters tell the story of how the first Slayer was created. And it was something like, first was the earth, then there were men, then there was a girl that they chained to the earth, and then there were demons and like, whatever. So the story essentially is the, the ancient Sumerians that created the first Slayer, the shamans or whatever, I don't, they don't call them that. They call them the shadow men. But the shadow men get a girl from the tribe, I guess, chain her to the earth, chain her to like the ground. And they essentially have a demon rape her to become a slayer. That's the story. That's the origin story of slayerness. So this is interesting because... I'm not sure exactly what the show Buffy, the Vampire Slayer, is the Slayer of the Vampires, the Vampires. <laughs> Sorry, that's a spoiler for next week. Storyteller. Um, I'm not sure exactly what the show was intending with all of these storylines, like the general storyline that the Watcher's Council is by and large, a bunch of dudes in control of the one, the chosen one slayer. And then that origin goes all the way back to, I mean, essentially these shadow men were the first watchers, right? They created the first slayer by having a demon rape a, an unconsent, a non-consenting girl. So the power given to a chosen one woman, which basically is just an early death sentence to a young girl because it's one person, one person against the entire forces of darkness, which is ridiculous. 
Why didn't they have a bunch of demons rape a bunch of girls to create an army in the first place? Because they didn't want, you know, girls to have too much power. You know, it can, not, it can only be a not like other girls situation. I don't know. Anyway, so they... I, I think the show is creating this whole metaphor, allegory, storyline, blah, blah, blah for feminist reasons, I think, because this entire series is going to end with, we're going to find the guardians, which are like these white witches counterpoints to the watchers council, which we only get to see for like two seconds in one episode. And they're the ones that give Buffy the Slayer Scythe, which is also ridiculous because why didn't every Slayer get the Slayer Scythe? They should have. Why would these, like, female guardians only show up at the very end? <laughs> That's ridiculous, but whatever. Um, maybe we get a better explanation in the episode itself that I don't know. I don't remember. We'll see. So we find out that there are the, the female guardians and then when Willow, a woman <laughs> takes the power of the slayer scythe and creates slayers out of all the potentials throughout the entire world. She's essentially taking back the power of the slayer line and changing it forever. So that is really the feminist statement of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. That's the last episode of the series, though, and I'm getting ahead of myself, but I just think probably when the show started, they weren't trying to make this super feminist statement about, like, they probably had no idea the origin of Slayers or any of that bullshit. Just maybe between the years of 1997 and 2003, they were like, you know what? Actually, we could probably be a little bit feminist. <laughs> you know, just making one girl in all the world does not feminist show make, you know? So yeah, anyway. Did I tell you guys? I don't know. I don't know if I did, but the Buffy tarot, I saw a flip through of it. I can't remember if this was like, because I wasn't, I didn't do an episode last week. So it's possible that this has happened within the last two weeks. And so I haven't told you. So forgive me if I'm repeating myself from the last episode, but I got to see a flip through of the new Buffy tarot that comes out in like, at this point, I think it's two weeks. I'm not sure, like, according to my Amazon, I'm not going to have it until March 22nd. So it may be another three and a half weeks or so before I actually have it. But in any case, somebody has it already. And so I've seen a flip through of the deck and I've seen all the cards in the deck for the Buffy tarot that's coming out in March. And it's really good guys. It's actually really good. I'm excited about it. They did not piss me off too much. I'm sure that whenever I actually get it, I'm going to be talking about it quite a lot. And those of y'all that listen to me in my patron podcast, have already heard me talk about it at length. So I won't do that again here now, but <laughs> I'm sure I will be talking more about it later. 
Um, and I'm starting to get pretty excited. It's going to be fun to have that deck, really, truly. Because they, they did a good job, guys. I just can't even believe it, but they did. Okay, so Shadowcasters, blah, 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 telling the origin story of, this, of the first Slayer. And then a portal opens. And blah, 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 blah. And then Buffy just, you know, basically is like, oh, yeah, I got to go in there. And they're all like, no, 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 you don't. We we don't even know how to get you back if you do go in there. Like, how about not? Um, and there's something about an exchange. Um, and Buffy, of course, just does it. Of course. And the portal closes as soon as she goes through. And so now they all have to step their pussies up <laughs> and figure out how to get her back. <laughs> this is where I wrote in my notes... Where is Giles? Why didn't he know about the Slayer bag? <laughs> so I already read that whole thing about the, the nitpicks and the Nikki Stafford episode guide. And it's just, it's, I don't know. I just, it, I, anyway, I know it's just a TV show, but it just bugs me. It just bugs me. Something as big as this, they can't just, but they're doing it. They're doing it all the time. They're always revealing new, like, quests for the Slayer and, and like, bullshit like this that, like, should have been a part of her training from the very beginning. But whatever. Whatever. Um, and then, okay, so Buffy goes through the portal. The shadow dudes are like, okay, here's the deal. Um, they chain her to the earth again. And basically they're going to do the demon rapey thing again to her to give her more power. They call her the Hellmouth's last guardian to imply that, you know, she's going to be the last slayer, which in a way she kind of is because there's, you know, from the end of the series on in the Buffy verse, there are always hundreds of slayers. Or maybe thousands? I don't know. I don't know how many people we're supposed to think are special enough to become slayers. I don't know. Okay, so here's my question. <laughs> I just had to have a popcorn eating break because I didn't eat. We didn't eat dinner tonight. So I just I got hungry, even though it's like 10.45. Anyway. Hope you don't have misophonia because I'm going to be eating popcorn as I'm talking. So... Okay, this shadow caster thing was supposed to be passed down to every slayer, right? So does that mean that these shadow men, excuse me, <clears throat> does that mean that they offer the sort of like extra demon rape free of charge to every slayer? So does every slayer? get to get extra powers whenever they see this shadow caster thing, which presumably would be like right after they were called, right? They would get given this bag, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Like why, why does the portal open or does the portal only open this time because it's needed? Is it usually just the shadow casters start doing creepy shit and just tell the story of the Slayer and then it's done? Does it always open a portal? Just, I have many questions. 
I'm wondering also, another question. <laughs> Who was the first person that said to themselves, you know what? I'm going to create a podcast where I talk about all the nitpicky bitchy things that I want to say about my favorite TV show. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> anyway, so some shit about an exchange, which means that when Buffy goes through the portal, a huge demon guy comes through from the other side. And Spike immediately starts trying to fight it. And he gets thrown to the, through the ceiling of the living room, which who knows what's above that. Probably a bunch of slayers. They should have fallen through the ceiling and lots of property destruction, of course. And then Spike goes after the demon guy. He's like, I'm going to bring him back. You guys stay here, whatever. And they're all like, okay, fine, go. And no one goes with him. I mean, it would have made sense for Robin to go with him. But he doesn't. But he somehow, I think he follows Spike, maybe? Um, because we see him later. Anyway, whatever. Oh no, Spike doesn't go after the demon. Spike gets thrown through the ceiling and he's like unconscious and the demon escapes, I guess. He's not really interested in doing all the destruction of Buffy's house. He just leaves. <laughs> After he throws Spike through the ceiling, he just leaves. And when Spike wakes back up, he's like, I'm going to go get the demon, bring him back. But there's something I got to get first. He's talking about his, we'll later find out. He's talking about his, his he's going to get his mojo back. His mojo jacket. <laughs> so finally we get to see Spike in his jacket again. But I'm getting ahead of myself. So the exchange student demon leaves and they're all like standing around talking about what they're going to do and they're you know it's Anya, Dawn Kennedy, Willow Xander yeah Andrew has been conspicuously missing most of the episode he was in a couple scenes in the very beginning but yeah, he's not, he wasn't in the background of any of the, during the speech, the everyone sucks but me speech. He just wasn't there. I didn't even notice that while I was watching it until right now. But anyway, so Andrew isn't there. Um, and then I wrote, house destruction, potentials all quiet upstairs. <laughs> um, then we get to see the Buffy's in the desert. I already explained that they offer her extra demon powers. I think I just wrote it in my notes before it actually happened. I do that sometimes because I don't realize how long it takes scenes to set up. <laughs> anyway. Um, oh, and Robin too is in the, is in the kitchen when they're all trying to decide what to do. And Willow decides that she's going to try to open a portal. Um, and Spike goes to get his jacket back. Although we don't know that's what he's doing. We just see him leave and he says he's got to go get something. And that he's also going to bring back the, the exchange student. <laughs> um, Buffy is fighting the Sumerian dudes. 
and they chain her to the earth and we actually see like you know the sort of you know cgi black demon mist that the sumerian dudes let out of a box and it's entering her nostrils and her ears and at first and then it starts like blowing her skirt up and like encircling her waist and I mean it's pretty obvious we're seeing demon rape pretty obvious and Buffy is wearing um let's go ahead and give her outfit of the episode because it doesn't it's not terrible it's like a denim jacket a white fucking turtleneck. She's always wearing white turtlenecks, but white turtleneck, denim jacket, black, like, what do you call those skirts that are, they look like a bunch of rags, but they're not like a handkerchief skirt. Maybe it's like a longer skirt, but it's, you know, lots of varying links of like, almost like it's strips of fabric, but it's not, I don't think. Um, they were very popular in the early 2000s. And then she's wearing like knee boots or calf boots. They're, they're longer boots. They're not just ankle boots. They might've been all the way to the knee. I can't remember. But anyway, so bottom half, pretty badass, And then top half, just denim and white turtlenecks. So they didn't, it didn't really match, but she looked cute. So let's just give her outfit of the episode. Let me go ahead and write that in. I mean, maybe we should give it to Spike because he gets his mojo jacket back, but oh, I'm just going to give it to Buffy because it's not the worst. Um, where are we? Oh, and then the, the Sumerian dudes say to Buffy at one point that the demon, it must become one with you. Really obvious. Um... Then we, and then my next note was Spike has the jacket. So it's cutting back and forth between like Buffy versus the Sumerian dudes, Willow trying to open the portal and Spike fighting the demon. So right now he has his jacket and they, they play some like badass music as he's like putting on the jacket. Um, he finds it in a box in the basement of the school. Like, so I guess he packed up some of his shit when he was staying in the basement and then just left it there, which what? Okay, fine. Um, previously, I think I had said that he gets it out of Buffy's house somewhere, but no, it was in the basement of the school. Robin's there and he sees him walk past as he's leaving, as he's walking through the hallway of the school, as Spike's walking through the hallway of the school and he's like, nice jacket. To which I say, bullshit, Robin. You wouldn't... Okay, so first of all, it's just a black leather trench coat. Like, there's nothing that amazing about this particular coat. I mean, it's Spike's iconic coat. But... And I love that it is it is like a woman's jacket, leather trench coat, with like shoulder pads and everything. I don't know. I know whenever it was on Nikki Woods character before he took it from her, after he killed her, it was, it did have like shoulder pads, but I don't, it doesn't usually look like it has shoulder pads when it's on spike. Does it? 
I don't know. I'll have to pay attention to that next time because now I'm wondering. I love that it's like a woman's leather trench coat and it's Spike's like badass coat, you know? <laughs> it's his power coat and I love that. I wish it were more distressed looking though. You know, if he's had it since 1977, you know, and Spike's not the kind of person that like polishes his leather or anything like that. He lets shit get scuffed up. His nails get scuffed up. His combat boots get scuffed up. You know, he lets things get scuffed up. <laughs> so I wish it looked more distressed. I think I remember reading or seeing in an interview with James Marsters or something that he used to like with, cause there were several of those coats throughout the series. Um, I guess that's the way wardrobe shit works. You have to have several copies of things, especially if it's someone's iconic outfit or something that they wear a lot or whatever. So I, he said that he used to like rub the leather on like concrete and stuff to try to make it look distressed. Um, which I'm glad he at least did that because it doesn't really look distressed, but maybe it would be even more obvious that it was new if he hadn't done that. So anyway, just stupid details. Um, so Willow's trying to open the portal. She sucks all of the energy out of, it looks like she sucks the energy out of both Anya and Kennedy, but no one ever discusses the fact that she took energy from Anya. Like Willow even says later in the episode, I, I took the energy from the person closest to me, which was you. It's like, yeah, it was also Anya though. If you see the visual, it was also Anya, but the dialogue seems to suggest, I don't know if maybe in the post-production, like they, I don't know. I, I, whatever, just me being nitpicky again, but so Willow sucks all the energy out of Anya and Kennedy and they both kind of drop to the ground. And that's what gives her the final push to get the portal open. And her hair turns black and her eyes turn black and Xander grabs her out of the circle. Cause she's within like a, a circle to contain the portal, a circle of like green salt or something to contain the portal. So he pulls her out and her hair immediately goes from black to red which I think was probably a practical effect. They must've had some kind of light shining on her hair. And when um, Nicholas Brendan pulled her out of the circle, it pulled her out of the light maybe. I don't know, it, it looked like it worked. So maybe, it, I don't know, maybe it actually was CGI, but it was good. I thought it looked good anyway, the way that it, it happened really fast though. Um, da, 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 da. Buffy says something about like, I don't want to be knocked up by some demon dust. So she basically just like says no, and they're not, they're not going to accept her no, but she breaks out of the chains and she fights them and she breaks the staff that has all the magic in it. And she's like, yeah, it's always a staff, which is funny. And then, um, she just basically says, I'm, I don't want this, you know, and they're telling her that she needs more power. And this is the way that it is going to be done. Cause this is the way it was done before with the original Slayer and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, no, I don't want to be knocked out by some demon dust. So she says, no, she fights back. And then the, um, the shadow dude, one of the shadow dudes 
like gives her a vision, but in this moment we don't see what the vision is. And this is the moment when Spike brings back, he's defeated the demon, which happened a little bit before this. But when he defeated the demon, there's this whole like badass Spike has his mojo back moment where he lights, after he kills the demon, he lights a match by like, you know, pulling it across the tusk of the demon. And then he lights a cigarette saying that like a tussle like that is good for the soul. And then he smokes a cigarette, <laughs> which was a badass moment. Okay. I did like the whole, like him getting his jacket back and, you know, you see him like enjoy the fight because when Buffy was, you know, confronting him in the everyone sucks, but me speech and she says that she misses the old spike and blah, 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 blah. He, um, he says he hasn't been relishing the fight so much since he got his soul back. And, you know, and this is a moment where you see him relishing the fight. You see him, you know, bringing it again. Um, so he brings back the exchange student to the house and Willow's got the portal open at this point. I guess the portal is just contained and waiting for however long after Willow creates it. And um, then when he drops the demon guy into the portal, Buffy comes back because it was he's the exchange. And um, Buffy's back and they're all just sort of staring at each other, <laughs> stupidly. Um, at this point, Robin's not there because he left at some point because he sees Spike at the school. Like, why did he go back to the school? Why did he leave? I don't know. Whatever. Um, and then we get a conversation between Kennedy and Willow. Kennedy is, she's understandably upset because Willow like sucked all of her energy out of her and she's still kind of recovering and she didn't know that it was going to happen, I guess. And Willow's like, that's, that's what I do. Which, like, what? I've never seen her do that before. It's just weird explanation. But she just basically says, you need to know who I am, what I'm like, when I'm like that. That's what I do. I take the power from the person closest to me. The strongest person closest to me. It's like, what? You do? Okay, whatever. And Kennedy's like, okay, I'm going to bed without you. Which, how? where it's Willow's bed and what's, I guess Willow's going to sleep with Buffy maybe because we do see Willow go into Buffy's room and ask her how she's doing. And they have a little conversation. And this is when Buffy says like that, the shadow men showed her a vision and the episode ends with Willow being like, what, what did they show you? And then you see, what Buffy saw, which is that that Turok Khan, that super powerful vampire that Buffy killed a couple episodes ago, um, that almost killed her, that there's a whole army of them in the Hellmouth. That there's like, you know, really bad CGI, but it's like there are hundreds of them inside the Hellmouth. It looks like a whole like Zion fr city from the Matrix full of Turok Khan vampires. <laughs> It's really a lot. So Buffy understandably like thinks, oh yeah, we're not going to make it out of this. 
that whole thing. Um, okay, so that's that's the episode. Let's get into ratings, shall we? Object of the episode? Um, what is the object of the episode? Have I ever... I don't think I have. I'm going to say I want Spike's jacket. I'm not so much a trench coat kind of person. Although a nice leather trench coat, if it were properly warm, I might be into that actually. <laughs> I'm going to say Spike's jacket <laughs> is my object of the episode. Out for the episode again, I gave it to Buffy quote of the episode I think it's when Anya says to Robin you missed Buffy's everyone sucks but me speech because she's basically arguing why don't we just leave her there because everybody's talking about how do we get Buffy back how do we get Buffy back blah 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 after she went through the portal and Anya's like why don't we leave her if she's so superior she can find her own way back you missed her everyone sucks but me speech, which is perfect. <laughs> it really was the everything, su everyone sucks but me speech. MVP of the episode. I mean, we're seeing this moment of everybody kind of overcoming their fears and pulling from their full power, except Buffy, because Buffy was like, nope, I don't want to be raped by a demon, <laughs> which fair fair she doesn't want to give up more of her humanity quote unquote um so she doesn't really transcend her potential but she forces other people to um willow goes in she finally starts like she's not holding back with magic anymore she is doing it she's going in um same with Spike. He's not holding back anymore. So everybody's pretty much the MVP of this episode. Um, I think Dawn is really, you know, coming through with the research mode stuff. She's been an excellent baby Giles since he's inexplicably absent this episode. Um... So yeah, I don't really know who to give it to. I guess let's give it to Spike. Just because he has the most badass moment in this episode. Getting his jacket back and the whole match on the tusk, lighting the cigarette thing. We'll just give it to Spike. When do, when do I ever give him MVP of the episode? This might be the first time it's ever happened. Who knows? Five by five. Um... I mean, this is an important episode, getting to finally hear the Slayer origin story. Um, there were funny moments. It didn't, it didn't drag. It was, it was a decent episode besides, you know, all the nitpicks that I had. So, <laughs> I bet you guys can guess what I give every episode that's pretty good. I'm going to give it a three and a half out of five. <laughs> Oh my god. I am so not keeping... I mean, I'm writing this shit down in journals and shit that I haven't thrown away in, like, composition notebooks, but I'm not keeping track in any other way. 
Like, what do you guys think? Do I need to, since I'm about to end this whole series, do I need to go back through and, like, things like MVP of the episode and the 5x5 five five ratings? I should probably at least have, like, a spreadsheet or something with that in it. You guys, I'm so old, I don't even know how to do a spreadsheet. <laughs> I know a lot of people my age do know how to do a spreadsheet, but I've just never had to do one. <laughs> I could figure it out, though. I'm sure I could figure it out. Or I could uh, get someone to show me. I'm sure it'll be fine. It'll be fine. I mean, I have all this information. Like, why am I writing it down? <laughs> Unless I'm going to use it for something. Because <laughs> that would be an interesting stat at the end of the whole series to be like, okay, MVP, who got it the most? Um, and stuff like that. So, yeah. Anyway, that's something for another day to worry about. So that's it for this week. Um, so we do not have another Buffy episode to talk about, I mean, as far as like the exact 20 year later date, we don't have another one until March 25th, but I do still have Storyteller, which officially aired 20 years ago yesterday. It was the 25th of February. So as of me recording this, it was yesterday. So we're going to talk about Storyteller at some point before March 25th. Hopefully it'll be next week, <laughs> but if it's not, it will be before we talk about the next episode. Um, so yeah, if I don't show up for a couple weeks, whatever, you guys are used to it. Um, but Storyteller is, that's the one where, like, it's the Andrew-centric episode. When we see him, like, videotaping everyone and we get to see, like, a lot of his personality and shit. And also, I think Giles is missing from that entire episode as well. He does show up in the episode after that, for sure, though, because the next one is Lies My Parents Told Me, which is the one where um, Robin and Spike face off. And I'm pretty sure Giles is there. I think. I could be misremembering that. Anyway, um, I think that's it. So I guess I'll just say goodbye now. Goodbye.